0: We're slovenly, we're it, we're really kinda dumb We're Terry, Char, and Lissa, all here to have some fun So guard
1: your holes, let's make some rolls And talk some D&D with the K-Trolls
0: like not awful like there's just like a little bit of like if you listen close a graininess but like it's not like overpowering or anything
1: well that's good but yeah it's uh it's probably time for us all to buy new mics but we'll get there when we get there when the money is is rolling in you know one day none of this will matter when we're famous singers
0: yeah when we're famous singers when we have uh when we win american idol we can is American Idol actually still on it <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is <laughs> I
1: don't know I was surprised a few years ago it totally was
0: yeah a few years ago it totally was but I think maybe it was one of those shows that like COVID officially killed which we can thank it for
1: <laughs> I I love it I love it um not COVID uh but American not Idol COVID. finally being done I guess Although, I don't know, some people no. love that show. I was never on the reality TV hype train. That was not something I was privy no. to. I remember uh, being made fun of uh, quite a lot in elementary school because my family didn't watch Survivor. And a lot oh. of it wasn't even, like, cruel making fun of, just, like, confusion, right? Like, just, like, yeah, othering. Yeah, like, why?
0: Yeah, like, yeah. I don't understand.
1: Like, what planet are you on? Your, your family doesn't watch Survivor. What do you watch? And I'm like, I don't know. Have you ever seen Buffy? Like, it's great. <laughs>
0: I don't think I ever watched Survivor. We watched The Mole, though.
1: I did watch The Mole later on in life. I didn't watch it as it was airy. Well, I, I, I did a little bit. I watched
0: it while it was but... airing. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it while it was airing. But I got
1: really into it when I could find it in syndication. I was like, oh, man, yeah. this is such a big deal.
0: I re-watched it when they put it on Netflix, and I watched the new Mole that Netflix did as well, which not was quite the decent. Same. Yeah. It's not quite the same. It's still the same concept, but they kind of tweaked certain stuff around you Mm -hmm. could tell it was yeah it just didn't have it they didn't have anderson cooper first off which i know (laughs) i know he's very busy i think he's a producer
1: on it though i think his fingerprint is there not the
0: same Mm -hmm. i I was waiting on the finale for him to like step out and be like i'm going to announce who the mole is but that never happened
1: he was the mole the whole time
0: (laughs) He was, it was the moles that we made along the way. I
1: love the idea, like one of them just Mission Impossible face removes, and it's <laughs> Anderson, Anderson Cooper.
0: <laughs>
1: That's how I, technology works, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, like if I mean, if any network were going to try to pull something that like, stupid like that, it'd be Netflix because they're doing a lot of shit recently. Or it'd so, be Fox
1: I mean. back in the day, and they did pull it off, and it was amazing. And then they canceled it.
0: <laughs> mm. Those are the two extremes. <laughs> they do it and it either goes off really well but you never see it again or they do it really well and it <laughs> you never see it again <laughs> because it's netflix i don't know <laughs>
1: hey there's lissa
0: hello she's a she's a ghost
1: how's it going uh
2: spooky spooky since I'm a ghost. oh okay okay i'm with you it's on
1: brand all right
0: I thought you were actually gonna say you saw a ghost, and I was gonna get really.
1: No, upset. no one's seen a ghost, shark. We gotta hold on.
0: I've heard ghosts.
1: You oh haven't heard goodness. ghosts. We've been say we've hi. been over this. <laughs>
0: It was a stomach you, grumble. You, it was a stomach grumble. Just because you two are non-believers and you like being fun of me does not. mean
1: So that number mean. one, those are not mutually exclusive things. Those are yeah. true, but that doesn't mean that your evidence was also good. Okay, I want I want <laughs> the record to show great. that I've had people show me way more compelling evidence that was like, oh wow, maybe I do need to well, question also, some things. And I then showed you said to me, "This is some bullshit," and you're it like, so, "See, it definitely said something." And I was like, "This is some Yanni or Laurel bullshit." This is so, not good evidence. You
0: say, that. you say that, but you two are not the first people that I showed that. So it's like, it's you two are the only people who I've shown that who've literally not believed you it. You just Everybody associate
1: else. with, like, poor judgment-minded people. You know, like, that's not... You're not...
0: Every type of person... And you two are the only ones who are like, No, so I think you're playing.
1: I have had friends show me videos where like they were like they were FaceTiming somebody and like their desk is thrown across the room or like there's an apparition behind them and you're like, Here, did you hear somebody burp on the mic? That wasn't me. And I'm like, Okay, it's gotta be a ghost, Shaw, you're right. Oh (gasps) my god. The ghosts are real. Speaking that
2: just, of <laughs> that, just tells me that um, Chardin associates with people who are not smart and <laughs> is very smart, and um, we are exceptional. Um, uh, not saying anything to like attack your other friends or
0: anything, but um, half of them are your friends, Lyssa. <laughs> well, listen, they told me that I tarot talk told me that I need to reevaluate my friendships so yeah. I'm, not taking, I'm not taking opinions for somebody who believes in tarot <laughs> on tiktok specifically
1: so hold on hold on hold on hold on so tarot is silly but but the yeah. ghost burp isn't
0: it's not a burp
1: I just I'm saying something I, I, just, I, I, just, I just okay so we have to move on otherwise this is gonna engulf our entire day um, <laughs> hello and welcome Didn't to the k podcast, you're right, hello and welcome to the k podcast, my name is Terry Smith, with me as always is one half of the Slovenly Trolls, Charde. how you doing?
0: I'm great, ghosts are real.
1: Ghosts are you've heard it here first, um, definitely nowhere <laughs> else, <laughs> and the other half of the Slovenly Trolls, Lissa, how are you doing?
2: Hi, it's me, the actually realistic <laughs> one who lives in the actual world and not just fantasies of ghosts.
1: Hi, it's me. Uh, I'm the problem.
0: You're
1: both uh, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know if you're the uninitiated this is the only D uh and now just ttrpg podcast on the internet uh nobody else covers this stuff so if you heard news elsewhere it's all a lie until we talk about it uh but that's what we do here we talk about the D and ttrpg news and man is there a lot of news if you listen to the show last week you were probably a little disappointed because all the news dropped the second we hit the record button and said it was done and then they were like hey by the way here's some more shit and we don't move that fast we all have day jobs and have to sleep and have to feed children or whatever so we weren't able to hop right back on and start talking about it but we're here now and that's what really matters so again if you heard this elsewhere it was all a lie until we talked about it so let's jump into it the ogl madness continues where do we want to start do we want to start with critical role talking about it do we want to talk about um D's actual response do we want to talk about the rumors of D D beyond trying to monetize us with you know for all that we're worth what do we want to talk about first
0: all of it all of it well i mean i it'd be easier if i was smart and did a um like a timeline of everything that was happening so you could just go down the timeline but i did not do that um,
1: i did it's okay that's what the run of show is for i just like testing you to see what you pick see if anybody read it i know you didn't but i appreciate the fact that you at least downloaded it um <laughs> all right so first up Wizards of the Coast cancels their OGL announcement after online ire this comes from Linda Codega, who has been like my main source for all of this at least when it comes to article form over at io9 slash gizmodo and what they did was nothing they were like hey we were supposed to announce this this week maybe we shouldn't guys Uh, (laughs) maybe we don't talk about this right this second let's put together a new message because they were continuing uh, full steam ahead for a little while there until we all started canceling our D D uh Beyond subscriptions. They were just gonna still announce it and say, here's the one point one OGL, uh you're welcome. Um And they decided maybe that's a bad idea. So according to IO9 sources, the new OGL, no know, now known as OGL 2.0, was supposed to go live on Thursday afternoon, along with a detailed FAQ explaining changes and addressing fan concerns. But when DD personality Gen D tweeted that people should cancel their d Beyond subscription in order to send a clear message to Wizards of the Coast regarding that uh, what the fan base thinks of the development around the updated OGL, the message was widely shared, and uh, I can confirm. Every- Everybody I know with a and D beyond subscription cancelled it. Um yeah, yeah. They were imploring me to do so and I had only been subscribed to D Beyond for about a month when this happened. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I had just started one of my friends was starting an online game and he was like, hey, like, you know, if you do go through Beyond, it'll be a lot easier and quicker to manage all your stuff. And I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's support this. And uh, now I no longer support this. So um, I can't confirm people were doing this. So a stream of subscribers turning off their payments to DD Beyond appeared to temporarily shut down the landing page for subscription cancellation because of server errors which i want to hear uh your thoughts on here in a second lissa because you talked about some really cool uh unique uh ui stuff going on with their page over on twitter so um anyways did i go to the, uh, what were you saying what
2: I just
1: said yes. Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I I love the fact that you were to be like, nah, <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> well, uh, somebody else did it. So this tweet goes from Christian Hofer. Uh, Seems that at D Beyond subscription management page is down as a movement grows to cancel subscriptions to protest reported OGL changes. This comes up when you try to use the subscription management, and it's an eye of beholder um, with the internal uh, server error, and people couldn't do it after a little while. I got in before that, but I did have a few friends who said, yeah, I'm having. Hard time finding it even, um, even mm. once the page came back up, and uh, that's where I want to talk to you, Lisa. So you were talking about how this is somewhat common, and there's like actually a name for the practice when they mess with the UI to make it difficult to unsubscribe.
2: Well, it's it's something that um, came up. My roommate, who I now live with, um, we were. Well, that's what a roommate to... is. <laughs> yeah. so... <laughs> So uh, we at that point when I learned this we weren't roommates but uh (laughs) roommates but like getting to the actual part of the story um, (laughs) he introduced me to like my interest in UX and UI and which is essentially just like prototyping and sort of like making navigation of digital products easier Mm -hmm. in in all in all. And he was interested in in doing this research project. And he started talking about like um, dark patterns of UX and UI Uh, in, in, and the way he always explained it to like people outside of uh, the industry sort of was that like, you know, when you're going on a website and it asks you whether or not you want to allow the cookies and the tracing, you know, so that they can get information from you when you visit the website. Mm-hmm. and you know how like you have to go through some of them are like i don't know if you've had this but when i go to a website and there's different kinds but like there's some that are easy and you can be like reject all or some of them you have to like individually like go through click like three buttons and then like uncheck all of them in order to go to that website and not right like you yeah so yep. that's that is dark UX because that is them trying to hide <laughs> or them trying to fi- make it as difficult as possible for you to actually like go through and uncheck all of them. So it's like sort of on their side, it's making it so difficult that the average user is going to go there and be like, I don't want to go. I have to go through all that. I'll just allow all of this. <laughs> and it's a win for them. Right. So in this case, if you go to their website and it's so difficult to find the unsubscribe button and you can't do it within the first say 2 to 3 minutes, you're going to give up. Then it's a win for them. You they keep the subscription, they keep the money. If they hide it in such a such a difficult place, then maybe you'll just give up trying to find it if you can't do it within the first few minutes.
1: Right and that, that you see that all the time like stuff like Amazon like all of the weird extra subscriptions you can tack on to your Amazon subscription very yeah, so difficult to find and cancel. Yeah, it's
2: and it's 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 manip- it's deliberately manipulative because it's sort of using um the human condition and like human tendencies against yourself which UX is supposed to like make uh make things easier for people and like be on the side of people and sort of also for the person who's using the ux so if you're using a website then yes you want to divert traffic to like a button that sells you something but this is deliberately manipulative in a way that is not beneficial to the user at all which you're not improving the user experience you're like making it dip difficult which is a bad thing and sort of shunned and not you know good practice
1: well i mean that's that's your opinion i i know most corporations know that they know what's best for us and what's best for us Mm -hmm. is to stay subscribed to the platform that we are done with (laughs) and that's what they're doing they're just making the decision for us the dumb dumb plebs like we just don't know better you know because we're serfs yeah um, but anyways, <laughs> thank you so much, Lisa. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's happening. It's, I, I think part of it, and this is an unconfirmed number because I don't think we could confirm the number, but the number I saw was 40,000 subscribers canceling D and D beyond. Um, I yeah. don't know where that number was coming from. I couldn't find a full source on, like, yeah, actually exactly. from them.
0: Yeah. Um, listen, there's a lot of sources during this whole story that's just, trust me, bro. And it's just like, mm-hmm. well, okay, listen. <laughs> like, and it'll be fun to talk
1: about, but that you can't confirm it that way, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's speculative. But... Exactly.
1: Um, yeah. But uh, speaking of sources, so they were supposed to do a live stream on Thursday, they being Wizards of the Coast, to you know allegedly announce the 2.0 that they canceled and uh they definitely canceled that um <laughs> uh but that was a few days before the next piece of news so let's keep going down our timeline so next up uh they do confirm the the ogl license um but I, actually you know what they hasbro might have confirmed the uh, D beyond subscriptions um finding some more sources some people are hitting me up give me one moment um no it looks like that's more conjecture i apologize uh, there's an article also on Gizmodo that has uh it's it's a little bit of conjecture about how uh potentially the the D&D uh beyond uh subscribers kind of uh ditching out is going to force their hand to make a better license a better OGL agreement um and that kind of is true and they're kind of talking about it um, but that again, that's a little bit more conjecture. That's not confirming anything yet. Um, so moving on, then we have uh their actual announcement. So Wizards of the Coast actually did come out, break its silence on D D Beyond, and was like, hey, yeah, we we done messed up, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, they said that and other things.
1: <laughs> yeah, they said a lot of stuff. Um, basically, they were attempting to address a lot of our concerns. They said, hey, we rolled a one. Literally, they said that. Um, which is, is funny. They got it. And, and they addressed some of the concerns, talking about how a lot of the ownership stuff that was referenced in the 1.1 leak was more along the line so people couldn't make NFTs and steal their actual inter- intellectual property, which really is kind of bullcrap uh, just because that's not yeah. really what the OGL does and as we've talked about last week and now much more informed people like Legal Eagle have covered that's not it was never really necessary to do that in an OGL. That's not how game mechanics work, and that's not really what it was covering, but that's what they were saying. They also said that um, like streamers would be safe, and that's not what this is about, which is good. It's a good thing for them to say out loud. Not the same thing as having it in writing, um, but it's a good thing for them to say, um, and just not not doubling down at least, right? They didn't come out and mm-hmm. say, "Well, listen, this is what we're going to do and you have to deal with it." Um they're basically saying, "Hey, the VTT use, so the things that you use over on places like uh what's not D&D Beyond, what's the D20 uh online platform that people use to play
0: Roll20? Roll20, thank you.
1: I couldn't think of Roll20. Um the different things that people use on there are going to be unaffected and this has always been about uh user generated content um rather than other companies we were never trying to platform other companies. Basically they were like, well we never were trying to pay you for those things. So um <laughs> this is not different. Uh, but I'm going to read directly from the article again. This comes from Linda Katega. Um, and yes, let's, let's go here. Okay. So, um, the update from Wizards of the Coast says the next OGL will contain the provisions. So that it converts only content for TTRPGs. That means the other expressions such as educational, charitable campaigns, live streams, cosplays, VTT uses, etc., will remain unaffected by any OGL update. Content already released under 1.1 or 1.0 will also remain unaffected because that was another thing that the leaked 1.1 was saying was that hey, the other one was null and void. Which, by the way, again, smarter minds have said they can't really do that. You can't revoke an unrevocable license. Uh, That's why it's called unrevocable. Um, if you say something's in perpetuity, you can't just decide that it's no longer in perpetuity. Um, this seems to imply that the fan content license, which was previously mentioned in the OGL 1.1 drafts, is continuing under the new licensing agreement, will be used to protect Wizards from fan content like actual play podcasts and videos. The fact that they are also saying that VTTs will be unaffected is a significant change, as early editions stated that non-static media would be disallowed under the new OGL 1.1. This is likely a massive relief to numerous companies Companies that are working on creating and innovating the vtt space but without the fully updated ogl there are no rock solid assurances yet and that's kind of what we were talking about right is that this is all nice they're saying all these things that's not the same thing as this official 2.0 or 1.1 in quotes coming out and saying all these things in written word that we can all sign up for um so i still remain skeptical i'm glad that they're seeing at least uh a hit in their wallets so they have to react um, It's kind of funny that the conjecture right now is that the d d Beyond subscription thing was what uh, made shareholders force Watsky's hands, when in the first place, a lot of what's happening right now is because a lot of shareholders recently found out just how valuable Watsky was to the Hasbro machine overall. It accounted for something like 70% of uh, Hasbro's revenue, and they just didn't know that. And then you bring that up to shareholders, and they go, hey, you better monetize this to all it's worth which is what we saw in magic the gathering the last few years Mm -hmm. you've probably heard me talk about it here with them like putting out way too much and then they were saying hey there's that notorious quote from the ceo of wizards saying uh "D D is under monetized uh, so it's funny that now the shareholders are going hey what's happening you fucked this all up when they kind of forced their hand which uh, publicly owned companies are the worst thing ever um, privately owned companies are also the worst thing ever uh, it's not mutually exclusive <laughs> they're both companies awful are the worst thing ever. as somebody capitalism. who owns two companies they are awful and I hate <laughs> it um, it, is, it is super super terrible capitalism is bad uh, Sharday can you talk about how capitalism is bad
0: How long do you have? (laughs) Yeah, I was
2: about to say, you need to set a time limit for this, Terry. Otherwise, um...
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought uh, right. Sometimes you need it. It's funny. I saw a bunch of TikToks uh, yesterday that uh, about DD pushing their luck with the whole capitalism. When like the audacity they have. When one of the biggest proponents of D and like the biggest yeah. names in the space, Brendan Lee Mulligan, has just been teaching everybody how capitalism is bad. Um, <laughs> and you dare attempt this? <laughs> uh, it's just not not a smart move. Like, uh, no. not really what you want to do. this but uh so uh the last thing uh that uh that they're walking back uh from the ogl 1.1 so any change this major could only have been done well if we were willing to take that feedback no matter how it was provided so we are taking that feedback um so they're listening uh allegedly um so finally, we'd appreciate the chance to make this right. We won't let you down um in in the writer of the article's opinion, it may be too late for that and I agree. I think it is a little late for that, as we'll get into later on in the show uh that ship has sailed uh stuff is going yeah. uh d and d beyond like, cancellations all this go ahead
0: that comes like right after they say um. Uh, what is it? Second, you're gonna hear people say that they won and we lost because making your voice her- voices heard changed our plans. Those people would only be half right. They won and so did we. And I've seen a lot of people that. <laughs> that part yeah, that way. Was... And I'm just like, this is a little bit. I love it. <laughs> that I don't like how this is worded, and I'm just like, I hard agree. This sounds like something you would hear. And this is just my personal opinion. That last line, they won and so did we, just sounds like something a super villain would say. Dude, it <laughs> to is to be quite honest. That's
1: almost the exact thing that Jeff Goldblum says at the end of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Like, oh you know what? It Ragnarok. takes it takes an uh, you know, an overlord to fuel an yeah. uprising. So in a way, you know, you're <laughs> welcome. Um, and that was like full on that energy
0: it was big that energy so a lot of people pointed that out and i hard agree it <laughs> is real sketch and weird it, and the way they wrote that is very i it just i don't know if it was somebody corporate who wrote this or if it was some i don't think it was somebody on like the ground level because they wouldn't <laughs> write this unless they had like i mean a wand just... to their head but <laughs> it just sort of gives me that
2: energy of like we can't admit that we were wrong even though this is supposed to be like an apology but it's like we can't admit that we lost anything so um you win but um uh, so did we we won too yes, we are winners here this is very positive very positive Let's keep going with positivity
1: all good things gang uh, uh only only positive stuff it is um it's, it's not terrible PR. pr it's but it is not good pr right like i would say bad pr i think that's a good way to put it because you can't have good pr uh-huh. right now and you don't honestly if if i was working there i would say you don't want good pr right now you need to say okay we were the bad guys let's try to fix it don't don't try mm-hmm. and like they kind of are they're going listen no this is good we can all grow from this except for you need to acknowledge that you just lost you need to say that I took the L. Yeah. Um but they're and not they doing that. Up, yeah. So. Um and here's the thing that a lot of people were talking about and we've talked about on here a little bit is not only is this coming at a really bad time when it comes to like the community like we're going to react right now, but also they've been putting out kind of crappy content. Not necessarily like the writing and stuff, but just like the quality of it. Like, you know, we could talk all day about spelljammer, but even um, even some of the books I've, I've bought recently or we're looking at, like we talked about Dragon Heist a little while back, like that it's not gonna have a lot of stuff in it. They're so small. Even the books in the Spelljammer packet, like they're less than a 100 you know pages each. Like the stuff that you're getting filled with errors, you know, they're short, you don't have nearly as many supplements like maps and things like that. They're just not putting out the best content. and now they're gonna try to monetize us into the ground for it. Like, no, it's you just... you give
0: us scraps and charge us more for those scraps?
1: <laughs> like, it's a... Very... I, I get that other companies do that. Like, you see that in video games a lot. They're Like, oh, take what you get, you filthy animals, except for jokes yeah. on you. One of the reasons why D&D is so popular is because it's fucking cheap. It's almost free mm. if you want it to be. So It's basically
0: free, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're lucky that we are <laughs> we really
1: paying anything. yeah like it's 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 so funny it's like they're trying to sell us this like watered down kool-aid when people are giving Mm -hmm. out full-on like lemonade around the corner i'm like well fuck you then i don't need this <laughs> mm-hmm. uh speaking of us not needing this let's talk about those potentially an alleged leaked numbers coming from D beyond so um i found this from dungeon scribe that's like the main source people are getting it from they're not really talking about where they've gotten it from just insiders yeah,
0: trust me bro
1: it trust me bro 100 and it's it's pretty alleged but let's talk about it anyways so if at mm-hmm. wizards tried to squeeze more money from you with the these D beyond changes how would you feel so the potential leaks coming from inside say $30 a month per player was their goal deauthorized OGL 1.0 uh homebrew banned at base tiers stripped down gameplay for AIDMs and reportedly D&D Be Gone cost uh Watsky 40,000 subs so that's where that number was coming from um I think this is probably not true. I don't. I think that that's a lofty goal. That I've heard shit like that. I've been in corporate America. They definitely say Mm -hmm. stuff like this, but I doubt this was the actual official plan because that's so far from realistic. When like the average D and D Beyond player was. $10, Ten dollars? That's a three hundred percent increase. That's not. That was not a goal. <laughs> no, people,
0: they would have. They would have one hundred percent lost subscribers for that. Like if they would have gone through with that, even if the OGL thing wasn't happening, if they announced like, "Hey, we're upping your subscription by three hundred percent." so many people would just cancel unless that was a
1: 15 year plan like i could see it being yeah. if it was that lofty because like we used picture, to do right? that when i was in the automotive like when we would do subscriptions for stuff it was like well here's our two year and then here's our 15 30 year uh because mm-hmm. you have to but it was all bullshit right yeah. that was for share, shareholders usually or yeah. high level execs just are looking to make their mark kind of thing we knew it was never gonna happen, but I doubt that that was the thing. But then again, I so, doubted they were gonna make a decision this bad, so who knows?
2: According to um, a retweet or like a response to that, that somebody put called D and D Shorts, they say they confirm the changes and they claim that it's uh, the thirty taller, the thirty dollar one is the highest tier, which includes monthly content drops, right, right, and stuff like that. So apparently, there could be different tiers. So maybe. That's just, I mean, but the, yeah. This is that all, was for the whales, right? This is right? all just, uh, this is all just like, Until we see the sources, this is all just hearsay.
1: Yeah, and Um, now so some of the things from dungeon scribe that they're saying here, it is trust me, bro, still, but like they're saying that Mm -hmm. came down from like Hasbro execs. Now that does sound realistic to me. I was handed stuff sometimes, uh being an automotive or like we're gonna sell forty thousand cars next year of this new line that no one's ever heard of for this like experimental cars like we're not. (laughs) That's not (laughs) that's not a thing that's gonna happen. Or they'd put out this like new battery that's gonna change the world. I was like, no one's gonna know. No, we're selling this new battery that's not a, that's not a thing that's possible but sure um same thing with like they would they would come up with these goals but not understanding what the downline was so um like for instance i was a tech writer and programmer there um at the places that i worked and often they'd be like so you can make sure we have content for every single part we produce right and these automotive companies produce literally millions of parts that are unique and they'd be like so you can have that done by you know like the end of this quarter right and like you have like three people working on it it's going to take a decade um i think it took my team specifically a decade to do most of the parts and not even just like like really well written just like cataloging that those parts exist in a computer system on like an excel spreadsheet um but they would be like yeah so you can have all of that done basically they have it done by thursday and we'll talk about it but they don't understand it's just them saying random numbers and hoping that the peons can make it a reality. So I guess in that sense, maybe somebody high up was like, yeah, we'll have the whales pay thirty dollars a month for a fantasy um uh of the mind, you know, this theater of the mind stuff. I just it's it's hard because execs are unrealistic and dumb. So maybe they did say that shit.
2: <laughs> So I just I just need to know what an AIDM is because uh, I
1: mean I've that, played some stuff with ChatGPT. Um, it it was like yeah. So do you turn left or right? And I said right, and it was like oh no, there's a dragon. Like, okay, okay, cool. It's probably that. <laughs> it's,
2: it's so I'm being I'm being game mastered by AI, who's creating the storyline, and I'm just playing along to that is that what that is
1: yeah but i mean like any company worth their salt right now is going how do we monetize ai just like how last year they were trying to monetize uh nfts um you know they're just yeah, they're but, just but, fucking with us basically
2: But the thing, but the thing is people in the ttrpg space do not like nfts and i feel like 100 percent. we don't like, like AI, ai for AI. a lot of yeah, sense we don't too. like ai we don't like nfts so how's this AI? DMing gonna go down with the TTRPG industry,
1: not well. But they don't care about that. Their idea was like, hey, but how do we how do we monetize GMs? Well, we're not gonna hire people. (laughs) No, no, no. We're not gonna pay people to do stuff. What if we uh, what if we made a computer and have them pay that computer to do it? Yeah, that sounds good.
2: I'm I'm all for tech and like going into the future and using tech to our advantage. But I'm I'm not sure that um, Wizards of the Coast or Hasbro, whoever's making these decisions is doing so and knowing what the TTRPG industry wants with it. I think they're just going with what's most beneficial, what needs the least amount of money, which needs, you know, less employees. It's automated. You know, you can bring in people who've never played TTRPGs and they won't know the difference if it's, you know, AI telling them to choose direction or like a a homebrew dm actually you know making up an elaborate story for them they're not going to be able to tell the difference what do you mean
1: exactly no it's so it's totally this is a corporate decision going no this will make us money don't you worry about it And the, and like the thing that sometimes works but often doesn't when it comes to an executive level thing is you assume the worst about the intelligence of your customers, right? You have to assume a certain level of manipulation to convince people to buy things they don't need. That's just a true statement when it comes to sales. That's why if you ever interact with a salesman, you're already being sold to. You don't need that thing. If you needed that thing, they wouldn't need a salesman. Um, and so you're already dealing with that fact for a luxury item and their job as a publicly run company is to extract as much out of their audience as possible. So it's not surprising to me that they would go to this, even though it seems unhinged and not at all what the community would do. They don't care. Um, They also don't understand, because it's not coming from players of D&D. It's it's coming from somebody who wants to monetize something, and the best way to monetize something is to get rid of something that you'd have to pay for to make it monetizable. AI is um, the wet dream of an exec, uh, because it is a thing that you don't have to pay uh, that can produce things that people do have to pay for. Um, it's that passive income, uh, you know, idea. Yeah. And so, of course, they're going to try to do it. Is it a good idea? No, it's a terrible idea. But that's not how they see it. They're going to see it soon. But <laughs> um, but also, I think we have this idea that we've won as the community and that they're done doing this. That's all bullshit. They're still going to <laughs> attempt to do these things. And if even if we all, and I say we, like our audience, if everyone who's been mad about this and has yelled about it says, no, I'm not playing D and D anymore. That is not going to stop a lot of people from not playing D and D. That is not going to change that. Some people are going to subscribe to D and D beyond and use the AI DM and pay Watsky lots of money for some of these bad books that are going to come out in the future. That's not going to change that, but what it is going to change is it's going to open up. There's going to be more of us who are not spending our money on wizards of the coast items. And they're going to be spent Places like Cobalt Press or um, Green Ronin or and name name you know X publisher here, um, mm. it is going to change that. So it stinks a little bit. So Shar's having some uh, some Discord issues, but we're gonna go into the next spot where Critical Role finally has said some things. Um, Lisa, I know you're a big fan of Critical Role and you love it so much, so maybe you can fill in the gaps for uh,
2: I'm <laughs> the biggest fan of Critical Role. I've definitely watched season one um, of the show and <laughs> definitely watched more than two episodes of Critical Role in my life. Um, of course. I am the expert. Mm-hmm.
1: Perfect. So I'm going to read it verbatim coming from the Critical Role Twitter. Critical Role has always supported creators and game development in the tabletop space. We stand by our industry peers as well as anyone who takes a risk creating a new system or developing an original idea. The beauty of gaming comes from the opportunity to share inclusive, diverse, and compelling stories from a wide spectrum of creators. That's exactly why we launched our own game publishing company a few years ago, because we believe that broadening the field of creators boosts the entire industry. The success we have experienced is thanks to the passion and interest of the greater tabletop community. And we commit to fostering an environment that allows everyone the opportunity to easily share the stories they wish to tell critical role. Um, so that's what they had to say. Uh, I wouldn't say that's a whole lot of nothing pie. It's them attempting not to burn bridges and, uh, you know, because not just corporate sponsorship, but, they worked with D&D straight up. Some of them still do work for D&D. Like, some of these these people that work for Critical Role also work straight up for Wizards of the Coast. Like, I see a lot of people are kind of mad they didn't say more. But you have to kind of think of your company a little bit when you're that high level. So I'm, I'm not surprised by this message. I think this is them showing as much support as they can without fucking themselves over in the long run um so it's good that they said something and it's good that they're supporting the movement um i also think this was partly like hey we might still work with wizards of the coast if they fix something later on and that's if we were to shit on them like outright like everybody wants us to we might not be able to do that even if they change and everything is fixed because uh companies don't forget (laughs) that's not a thing
2: also, if they don't have um, an agreement with the OGL, aren't they 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 would be fucked if uh, Wizard of the Coast suddenly turned around and said, um, "Actually, no, you have to pay us a whole buttload of money in order mm. to uh, continue making this," and/or give us royalties or mm-hmm. whatever.
1: The- Not really. So no? no, like in like there's been Spider Minds. I've talked about this since, but and I talked about it a little bit last week. But um, it's performative. It's kind of a gray area. The thing is, there could be a fight. Um, they'd probably win that fight, but there still could be a fight. So it's it falls under a similar line of like video game streamers. Technically, everything you're playing and that you're seeing when you watch a streamer do that is copywritten. Um, even in a in a broader sense than like the game mechanics that you would see from somebody yeah. who is playing D. But a lot of companies let it happen and don't want to fight, and there's not a lot of precedent for it because it's free advertising, right? So there hasn't yeah. been that fight yeah. there. Nintendo has broached that a little bit, um, but even then, they kind of started to lose, so you've seen them loosening their grip a little bit. Um, when it comes to it, at least in the US legal sense, it's pretty performative. You're changing the game, and since you can't copyright mechanics, of a game anyways um unless they're putting out the DD brand and saying this is a DD game this is dungeons and dragons wizards of the coast this is the way you're supposed to do it we represent this company if you're not saying that you're probably pretty safe um so it's less that they can come after them as much as they would attempt to and that's just not something that critical role wants to do from a smart ceo sense it makes sense not to burn that bridge completely because uh you might need to do business with them later you know you don't oh, know
0: oh. Also, wouldn't they? I mean, this is purely spe- speculative, mm-hmm. speculating, speculative. Um, but wouldn't they be one of the companies or like streamers that was of the Coast brought in while they were working on the new OGL and give them a good like backdoors deal? basically or like their own version you'd think so that's something we've talked
1: about right is that we thought that that could potentially be happening and that could be why this much like that's very well what we're saying here like that could be part of it is they might have some sort of official licensing deal if that's what they're trying to change i think they
0: might already i think they might have been and this is just speculative they might have been one of the people that were brought in and had to sign nda's like the big Players, so that also might have to do with the language that they're using. Right, but an NDA totally doesn't affect face. things like okay. that.
1: Um, an NDA wouldn't cover like you not being able to disparage the company. Uh, the non-disclosure of it all is just what you've seen. You can't talk about. Well, this. yeah,
0: yeah. So they couldn't they couldn't like make it more personal and say like, hey, we've seen ABC. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is you know they couldn't have personalized it more, which would you know save their face arguably even more. Like hey, right, see, like they forced your hand or whatever. They obviously can't say. Any of that, but and it's some of combination
1: like, of that, probably, right?
0: Yeah, it's a combination of they—they they probably have a backdoors deal. They're trying to save company face. They've been sponsored by D and D Beyond a lot before they went a ton of the times, Wizards and, and like, you know they,
1: Mercer's done work officially for Wizards of the Coast on a couple of books. And... Critical
0: Role has an official book with Wizards of the Coast, the Chronicles of No, No, No. What was it? Wild Mount Explorers mm-hmm. Guide to Wild Mount mm-hmm. is an official D and D book. They keep. Like, Exandrius still belongs to Matt Mercer in Critical Role. 100%. But, like, they still have a book in their universe that they stream with. And Mercer... Like, are very tied.
1: Mercer did some stuff for the Greyhawk book a while back for 5th edition, right? So... He
0: did, um... I think he did stuff for, uh dragon heist like water oh he did
1: suffer for dragon ice too yeah so yeah, so he's like he's heist, he's yeah. done work there and then plus there's the broader scape of like hey let's not screw over people that do work for both because there's a lot of people who pop up on the critical role network who are also players in like the D beyond games that stream you know yeah. so there's a little bit of like you don't you don't want to be we don't want to taint the tree because the fruit of it is going to be popping up elsewhere we don't want to fuck over those people and go well if you do business with, with critical role they said some bad things so we're gonna need you to pick sides um and you, also we know who would win that right it'd be critical role but i think yeah. There's a certain level of neutrality, which sucks. It's kind of annoying. I get why people are mad about it. I, You know, it, I'm frustrated with it, too, to a certain extent. But that doesn't mean I don't understand why. Um, you know, so.
0: I saw this, and, like, I I think somebody summarized it really well. I think it was the Rook and the Raven who has sponsored D&D, in, or um, has sponsored Critical Role in the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They quote, I think they quote retweeted the statement from Critical Role. And said basically along the lines of what we were saying is like we know that the most of Twitter is really upset about how like nonsense garbage that is, but people who are in the space who maybe know a bit more of what's going on behind closed doors knows that this is a really strong stand to take, even though it is just word garbage. Yeah, it's like word
1: salad. It's a little bit of nothing pie. But the fact that they said anything is more. The fact more they said anything mean, is, yeah.
0: yeah. I think that says more then if they would have said nothing at all would have been a lose if they would have said something like this it's a lose for them like it's a Mm lose-lose but like at least they're, they're doing something and they're at least acknowledging that they are aware and the statement that they have was not negative it was positive so right You just got to remember that
1: Critical Role is a company overall, right? Like, they still have to worry about their bottom line. They have employees that they have to protect. So it's just something to keep in mind. But uh, it was interesting. I was glad they did respond. But uh, Mm -hmm. moving on to some positive news, let's get into the bits and bobs of it all. Uh, Let's talk about the new games that are popping up in the wake of this whole 5e thing. Um, in one D and D. So Paizo's open license. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, but they've announced it. They're they're doing their own thing. They're also working on the orc or the open uh RPG creative license. So let me find yeah, out what the sure. actual thing is. Yeah, it's something so. like that, right? Yeah. Um, open, this, RPG yeah. open RPG creative license open RPG creative license and they're not the only ones that have been courting that Cobalt Press looks to be involved and this is going to be the open license where uh, multiple games form under this license saying hey this is the creative it's kind of like the share alike license you see with other media um we don't know what form it's fully going to take it's also not out there so people who are praising it it's going to be awesome well it's a lot of mouth service right now and we don't know who are going to sign up for it and also be careful because we're going to see a lot of people being damned for not signing up for the orc um as it comes out and people are going to be really mad well like how come you didn't put it under this license there's a lot of reasons why you might not want to be involved with something this open and shareable ownership is is one so uh people are already kind of uh damning some of these projects that have come forward and not mentioned the orc uh, whether they're unaware of it or uh not fully ready for it um but people being mad they're not saying we're part of this fictitious thing right now this hypothetical license uh it's kind of silly but but paizo basically said hey we're doing our own open license that we're gonna try to get a bunch of other rpgs on board for that's gonna be way more open than the original ogl ever was and also they kind of were like uh we're we're gonna kind of stop doing stuff for fifth edition and using things for the ogl but we still have books going to print so you know don't be surprised if we put out more things under that license as we go forward because starfinder and pathfinder 1e are still wholeheartedly part of that um but also once that's done we're gonna do our own thing they didn't come out and say hey we're working on our own system but they all but confirmed it um, So that was kind of cool for people who are really excited about another Pathfinder, potentially like 3E or 2.5 or whatever they're going to call it. Um, the open gaming license, the ORC uh, license that they're proposing is also pretty neat. Um, open up to, to everybody and kind of a, forming a community of all of the other publishers is a smart idea. Um And kind of banding together against some of these. Like, the the BBEG of the week right now with Watsky. It's smart for them to kind of group up rather than to, um you know, compete with each other. More like, hey, let's kind of find some even ground. It's neat. What do you two think about the Orc?
2: I think it's good that there are alternatives popping up. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily. Only... <laughs> I I don't want to be skeptical, but I don't want to also be hyped up about it. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'd rather just, you know, like, be aware of it. And I mean, I want to be supportive of the TTRPG industry in general, and these are like big players who are, you know, making it. So it has the possibility of being very good Mm -hmm. and, you know, if they're working together and everything, that's like very cool um i want to see what it will be and i want to see its effects and the uses i don't want to hype or put down anything that i don't know the impact of right it has the possibility of being good it has the possibility of being bad i Mm -hmm. hope it would be one and not the other but like as for my personal opinion like i I don't necessarily know enough to be able to tell you like oh i love this right this or anything like that and also there's really a point either, where, right? like,
1: we've kind of learned that it's superfluous, right? Like, that yeah. these, the whole, like, gaming licenses in general aren't really necessary for people to be able to make content for other people's games. Yeah. Um, it's more it just stops the battle or a fight over it. And it, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. explicit saying this company is okay with you making stuff for its game. Um, So it's kind of interesting that people are freaking out over the orc when we kind of learn that it might not be necessary. Uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. What do you think?
0: Oh no! I was just gonna agree. <laughs> um, I think I think that you know the announcement came uh, maybe a day or two after Twitter blew up at mm-hmm. least because I I was just basically on Twitter for the whole thing. I don't know. I think I think it kind of spilled over into Facebook a bit from what I understand, and maybe Instagram as well. But most of a little bit. I've, I've been on the ground on twitter mostly in the trenches so <laughs> <laughs> i remember seeing the the announcement and like feeling really like hyped about it. i'm just like hell yeah all these publishers are kind of banding together and they're saying hey this isn't like what we stand for we make stuff for the for this game and now they're kind of fucking us a bit and they're fucking everybody else a bit and that's not okay so i think it's like a pr move great fantastic good for them but then like a couple days pass and you like you digest it a bit more and you're just like but what does it mean (laughs) actually (laughs) though like when you're in like the thick of it and you like you're looking for a bright light because it seemed like the first couple of days of this whole OGL fiasco everybody was just like doomsday and uh, a couple of our followers on Twitter like have brought up really good points in that you know, this whole situation, you should really take a couple steps back and just be like, okay, we don't know the motivations of literally anybody who's a big player in this, right? Yeah, exactly. We don't know the motivations of anybody, including the journalist who published the original article. Did they do it because it was the right thing to do? Did they do it for clicks? Do we know, like, does it say something that the original article? didn't have the, um, like, the full transcript of the leaked OGL, and it was only snippets for a while until somebody actually, re- like, leaked the document, um, or was that because their hands were tied, you know? Like, there, there's a lot of nuance and a lot of, like, well, we don't know everything, which makes everything understandably more frustrating and trying to form an opinion about everything. Um but like the longer this goes on, the more skeptical I become of everything and everyone <laughs> involved in anything of it, which I don't know is a healthy way to look at it.
1: Well, um, I mean, but, uh, the skepticism is is important, but we got to remember too, like you can't be skeptical because these companies might have like their goal might be to make money in the wake of Wotski yeah. falling apart. That's every fucking company's goal. Like,
2: right. yeah, like
1: how dare they try to make money off more players playing their game? Well, fuck you. That's the idea, right? Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some people are getting mad about that like that i've seen that a couple times too like we don't know what they're trying to do what do you mean what they're trying they're trying to get you to play their game
0: mm-hmm.
1: like that's as nefarious as it gets right
0: yeah like Super
1: nefarious. If I, so nefarious god i want to sell my like, thing
0: also i think at the end of the day my current opinion is that whatever this situation is right now I think, Terry, you hit the nail on the head when we first did this. This is only going to be beneficial in the end, Mm -hmm. I think, for gaming. People are going to be a lot more open to other systems. They're going to be seeing through a lot more BS from the big companies, which is good. It sucks that we had to come to this for a lot of people to see that. Right. But in the end, it's going to lead to a more open TTRPG space. But right now, we're just kind of in that growing pains of like, Figuring out that a lot of people who are behind the scenes at Wizards of the Coast, while not the entire company, and it's very important to stress that, a lot of people that in the higher-up seats don't have the customer's best interest in mind. They don't have the player's best interests in mind when they're making <laughs> these decisions at all. And just being, you know... More aware of that. So it doesn't really matter the motivations at the end of the day. This OGL like 1.0, 1. 1. 1.1 1 existed and people found out about it and it's bad. 100%. <laughs> it's real
1: and like things are things are going to change and uh like you said in the in the long run it's going to be for the better it just sucks that so many people are affected and speaking of being affected i want to talk about so we mentioned that some people are getting mad and are continuing to be mad if you're putting out stuff under 5e under the ogl and what we have to remember is that not everyone can afford to say hey we're making our new system kind of like what we talked about earlier um and, and a little bit last week so uh i have an example this is coming from bray the rpg um they were tweeting and uh Alyssa saw this um and now it's happening i'm getting attacked on reddit for daring to release my 5e setting so they had just launched a new roll 20 setting um and it's lots of knee-jerk reactions but people being mad like what are you doing like 5e's dead don't you know don't release shit under this license but this game was already in production they were already working on it they're they can't be controlled at the whim you know this is the titanic trying to move out of the way of the iceberg uh they don't know that these companies are going to do these things and they're still beholden to it and bray's not the only um creator that's going to be putting things out like we already talked about paizo saying hey we already have books at the printer um under the ogl we can't just like take that all back because everyone's unhappy Like, we have to support it to a certain extent, and people are going to continue making 5e stuff for a little while because that's the game. As much as we all want to be mad and say, oh, everyone's done with D&D, people are still playing it, right? Like, that's what we talked Mm -hmm. about before. So don't be mad at these creators because that's what they're what's what they have to do right now these games were already in production now i was
0: gonna say yeah they're already in production like you can't like if it came out like a couple days (laughs) after the ogl thing they're probably working on that thing for months
1: yes if not years yeah
0: yeah there are
2: some projects that go on for years and like you come to a point where you're almost ready to publish and send it to the printer and this happens and you're like well i put in all this work like and you're what? You're not supposed to release years or months of work that you've done for this? <laughs> Your heart and soul for one game and this happens to come at that point in time. Like, no, I, I say publish it.
1: Yeah 100% like don't just stop too because like that's you don't have a choice a lot of those times so I know it's a little bit of a different industry so when it comes to comic books I've been working on some projects for like the last five years so like I have to like do it like in secret essentially make like a little pitch thing give it to a publisher and say a publisher says yes it doesn't immediately go to print and we go a lot of companies require you to have several issues in the can before they'll even advertise that you are making a comic for their company. So that takes months of work. And then sometimes, like, there's one that I'm working on right now. P- publishers have said, yes, it's going to happen. And then they go, but we're going to release it in 2025. So, like, I've been working on some products for, like, years. And this is 22 pages of artwork and writing that aren't going to come out for years. 22 pages. Let alone a yeah. 200-page compendium for 5th edition that's taken teams of designers. Like, like come on. Like, it's gonna take a long time. You can't just, like, jump ship all of a sudden. So on that point here's a couple other games that are coming out still for fifth edition and don't throw and sling angry comments at them because you're mad about this it's not their fault so another really cool one this was tweeted tweet uh, tweeted uh this was tweeted (laughs) (laughs) at us from awfully queer heroes their new um make 100 spell compendiums for 5e sapphic spectacular spells um it's 100 spells in each book uh cantrip to second and third to fifth levels respectively um two full spell books books fully funded over on kickstarter so um it was funded in two days but go over there they're making uh their whole goal is to make D more queer is what they said on there yeah. which is an awesome goal and uh you yeah. should be a part of it and like the book looks dope like as we always say we're like it's hard we haven't played it but man does that cover look fucking awesome man we love that art <laughs> yeah, and so and cool. i'm also i'm a sucker for a spell book i buy so many different spell books like i loved the elemental energies yeah. one that came out a few years ago that was like hey do you like avatar and your DVD? D. um it just basically reskinned lots of spells so you can make whatever spell now it's a lightning spell if you want it to or this one's fire infused um so i'm really ex- uh, excited about this book so uh check out sapphic spectacular spells over on dd i'll link it and then we have one more um in this section Nightfell children of the moon um did you two get a chance to check this one out yet
0: I'm looking at it. It's like werewolf vibes. Yeah, it is
1: werewolf vibes. Uh, werewolves and lycanthropy. I, like
0: I, I saw it and I was triggered. So I'm like, I don't want to look at this
1: anymore. <laughs> Night Fowl Children of the Moon is a supplement designed to be used with a tabletop role-playing game, D&D 5e. So don't yell at them. They've been working on it for a while. This comes from Alex Meehan over at uh Dicebreaker, the award-winning rpg monster series launches werewolf supplements for D 5e um so this publisher has been working uh hard on this game so don't be mad that's coming up for fifth edition they're working on it for a while so the whole idea is that you can play as werewolves and other beasts, and it's got a full rpg like storyline that you can play through as like an actual adventure taking place in the world of lerman which is inspired by italian and european folklore the children of the moon sourcebook allows players to create characters using the werebeast class. Players can create werewolves but they're also free to make their character any werebeast they want. The Werebeast class has four different archetypes for players to choose from, with each one offering its unique abilities interpretation of lycanthropy. Um, I think the technical word would be Therianthropy, but lycanthropy has taken over, so fuck me, right? Um, <laughs>
2: ass. I am very excited for this. I know, it looks so I, my cool. Inner, my inner gothic horror <laughs> is just jumping with joy. <laughs>
1: Right, and it's got an adventures all the way up to level 15, with various adventures in there, like, themed around the whole werebeast idea. Um, I was a gigantic fan of a fighting game uh, back in the day on PlayStation, PS2, that era, uh, of gaming called Bloody Roar. Have either of you heard of Bloody Roar? No. Picture Tekken, but you could also turn into a werewolf. Ooh. It was one of my favorite games growing up. Still an awesome game. Um, and now I'm going to use this book to run my... I'm announcing it right now to, to run my Bloody Roar game. I don't know why I'm announcing it. No one's going to be able to play it but me. But... Uh... <laughs> Um, but it is going to happen, so that's exciting. Also, I not really an announcement because I don't know if it'll ever come to fruition. But me and uh, my buddy John also started working on our own system because we want to jump really? on these band bandwagons. I had been kind of mulling around with an idea for a few years, and uh, I kind of went to him. We we've been working on a board game for a while, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to finish up our board game or work on a TTRPG?" And he's like, "Por no dos?" So we are also <laughs> putting out uh, a, a TTRPG. Event eventually That's so just awesome. jump on the bandwagon fucking make a game guys let's do this yeah. fuck watsky um but also don't be mad at people who still have to work with watsky <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on from people who don't have to work with watsky anymore let's talk about vox machina season two <laughs> it's uh here people watching it i don't know if they put out the entire bingeable no, season or if it's just episode no, to episode
0: it doesn't come out until
1: friday oh oh fuck me okay i i'm ahead of the, of the schedule my bad yeah, um
0: there was like a review that came out i believe christian hofer did a review mm-hmm, of it. Like, mm-hmm. people um, are probably just getting screeners ju-
1: and stuff right yeah
0: he's he's a journalist so screeners have yeah. started and people are saying good things but i try not to like watch a lot of reviews because i of anything i watch just because i want to form my own opinion if i'm gonna watch like, it
1: already i try not to look yeah, into it too yeah exactly
0: much. and i'm just like i already have higher expectations because i've watched the season or campaign one like all the way through multiple times so i'm just like well i know what's going to happen i know i'm what i'm excited for I don't want any other, like, <laughs> opinions. I just want to, like, try to tamper my own expectations, you know?
1: Yeah, I saw a lot of people praising it and praising yeah. specifically the changes that they made from, like, Thanks. you know, the movie. Like, and it's moving further. Like, they already kind of diverged from in season one, but it seems like they're yeah. diverging even further, which could be cool. I think it might be cool for fans. There's that double-edged sword, right, where, like, you want the thing that you already liked, but you also yeah. c- don't want to know what's already happening, right? So...
0: I don't mind, honestly, because I have been somebody who has seen a lot of book adaptations in my time. Of course. And so I'm used to it, and I'm used to them ruining them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I've already kind of have, whenever it comes down to adaptations, my expectations are usually on the floor, but because they're so heavily involved in it, I know that whatever changes they make are going to be like approved by the original creators which makes it a little bit easier to digest but some of the stuff in the first season that they diverted from i think i can only really think of like one big one and like i was kind of iffy about it because i'm like why did they change a specific one but maybe that's gonna you know come um It'll make more sense in further seasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm.
1: I, don't know. I, I know what you're talking about, and it really seems like that's what they're setting up um, okay, for a yeah. lot. Like some of those decisions that they change, you're like, "Oh, that seems arbitrary," until you think, yeah. "Well, they wrote three seasons, right?" So, yeah. um, and uh, it's already I been greenlit for the third one.
0: Doing it now, yeah, because I, I saw they re- they released the. Um, the list of episode names which usually corresponds with the title of the actual stream
2: uh-huh. and i
0: saw if they're releasing it in batches of three i know what the third episode of the last episode they're going to leave off on for friday and i'm really mad and about <laughs> it. in a good way i'm just like i know exactly where you're going to leave off you fucking assholes and <laughs> i'm it's not, i'm not going to be okay <laughs> Uh, watching
1: it i'm extra excited because this is about where my knowledge of critical role ended uh, i know some stuff Whoa. like later on that happens but this was about when i had stopped watching like the actual streams yeah. uh when i learned i was like ah, i don't know if actual plays are for me and if anything i'm like i just don't have four hours to devote every yeah, week
0: big, <laughs> big ask also i think we're also learning that lissa you need to get amazon prime so you can watch this with us my roommate has amazon prime oh perfect <laughs> okay, perfect then, then steal his amazon prime <laughs> we need
1: to do so like i try to do it with some of my friends but like it's a little bit hard we need to set up a master list of who has what and how many screens does it allow so we can just full-on like share everything Because like yeah, okay. like i get paramount plus from my mom but i share hbo max with my nephew because he doesn't right. have any income so it's like so like like let's, let's figure out like, who gets what because man is streaming just fucking expensive
0: it really is. It's, it really is. It sucks. Uh, I don't but... think I know one person who pays for all of theirs I think well no, I know one person that pays exclusively for all their own streaming. But everybody else is just like, Oh, I got a little bit of this. I got a little bit of that. Right. Somebody who has this. Which is totally valid way to do it. Do so if it. If anybody's listening yeah. that maybe is a higher up sh- You're
1: <laughs> or, fine. Dive,
0: we're we're watching your content
1: yeah like i'm, I'm gonna cancel netflix this month because it's been a long time like i the reasons Oof. why i've kept so many of them like the only one i don't pay for is paramount plus because my mom just happened to have it i wouldn't have even signed up for it don't really yeah. need it it's got a lot of cool nickelodeon content but um uh, yeah. my the problem is my kids they don't go well there's nothing on netflix i want to watch they just fucking look for cartoons and find shit yeah. um yeah. so like if, whenever i cancel a service they'll come up to me with their big dot big you know little like doe eyes and they're <laughs> like hey uh How come I can't watch fucking Super Kitties or whatever? I'm like, oh, my bad. Uh, So I got to fucking sign up again for usually more expensive because I don't have whatever deal I did before. So I I usually end up having so many fucking things. I I hesitate sometimes when I try a new one to tell them I have a new one because I don't want them to find something on there that they like and then I cancel it. Um, right. Because, listen, I'm a bad guy enough. I'm the guy who tells them to do the homework and brush the teeth and take the baths. So I don't need to add on. I also don't allow them to watch DuckTales or whatever.
0: Um, <laughs> audacity.
1: I know. I know. So moving on, Um, let's talk about something else we're excited about. Worlds Beyond Number. Uh, we Like, this happened while we were on break. Uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan, uh, Abrea Iyengar... Erika ishii and uh lou wilson announced that they're making shit we don't know what mm-hmm. shit they're making it's gonna be a podcast it's gonna have some other stuff tied to it it's probably gonna be ttrpg related but we don't know what ttrpg we don't know what podcasts we don't know what mm-hmm. other stuff they're tying into we don't even know what systems they're playing we just know mm-hmm. it's those four of them and i love them and i know a lot of the internet does and i'm hyped mm-hmm do we I mean, know anything else?
0: <laughs> we don't. They're keeping I think they're keeping it really secretive on purpose. Yes. You know? so and it's working. Really, it's working very well. So like we don't know what system they're using. We don't know what format really. Like we kinda know podcasts, but it could maybe be, you know, multi-discipline <laughs> like um we have no idea, but I know that I'm excited to see because I respect and am a fan of all of those creators.
1: So 100%. Whatever I'm... it
0: is, I'm hyped to try whatever it is. I hadn't
1: seen Abria until she did uh, Misfits and Magic. Hmm. And seeing that, like with Erica, that was like my first um, foray in seeing what they were doing. And I had seen Lou Wilson for years, you know, because of Dimension Twenty right. and stuff, um, and also just random shows. Lou's popped up on tons of like just Jimmy Kimmel things, like I was you know. say he
0: he works for Jimmy Kimmel
1: now. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> like he's been all over the place. And Brendan Lee Mulligan, obviously from College Humor on up um so i i've been a fan now of all of them in different ways so i was super excited uh mulligan is running the first campaign titled the wizard the witch and the wild one um and i think they describe a sprawling world scratched out on graph paper behind the dm screen characters crafted and poured over with the excitement of a kid opening presence so that tells us almost nothing and i'm fine with it um i'm super in and i also like that they're saying that mulligan's running the first one which means hopefully we'll see all four of them run uh, separate games eventually um so yeah, that'll
2: be really interesting i think
1: yeah and it says like they're running a 12-hour session zero campaign um oh,
0: shit.
1: What? yes uh what do you
0: mean? i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited by now I, i'm a big fan of session zeros
1: i know and i like the idea that they're gonna be championing that like in front of the camera because a lot yeah. of their se- they, they all they do session zeros for all the things they do and not yeah. just like the normal you know like pre production session zero, we're like, hey, let's set up the stuff for how this is going to be on stream, but also chemistry tests. And then the normal session zero that we all do at home, which is, hey, what are we comfortable with? What kind of characters are we building? Yeah, um,
0: Critical Role does that too.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see them do that live. I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't and that might affect the process. They might do, like, three of them, because they do all the normal Session zeros, so they don't really yeah. and then we're going to do one in front of the camera.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of... It's good because it's going to show a lot of people maybe who don't know what Session zeros are or maybe how to properly format them. Like, you can read up on it. You could, like, see threads on different sites about running a Session 0, but it would be really helpful for people to have an actual, like, visual that representation of what Session 0 is, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully this will kind of... It'll fill in that gap. And they're funding it... It's mostly just how-to's.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're funding it through Patreon. So... Nice. Um, I didn't know that. yeah so we'll, i'll link the website and go there um and check that out i don't imagine that it's not going to be funded pretty easily i'm no, sure
0: that.
1: <laughs> uh we are not the only ones excited for this but uh it's interesting i wish i knew more but i'm glad i don't yeah, <laughs> <need to keep laughs> if that I makes sense
0: keep, keep me in suspense please
1: exactly I
0: like, I like knowing things but i also like being kept in suspense at the same time it's very oxymoronic.
1: Um, Lisa, what about you? Are you excited for Worlds Beyond Number?
2: I don't know what it is. Um, and <laughs> Do you know I, any of
1: the names we said?
2: I, I know of them. I don't think I've ever watched any of their content. Mm-hmm. So, well, APs aren't usually your thing, right? Yeah, because actual, actual plays I can watch, but they're not really my, like, go-to thing. So if I do see it, it'll be more...
0: Mm-hmm. Like Lisa, listen, listen.
1: They out? weren't my thing either until I watched Dimension Twenty, which is where a lot of these people are coming oh my from. God. So,
2: are you, are you just <laughs> telling me to watch Dimension Twenty? Because I will certainly Amen. try.
1: Yeah, you know, no, seriously. Like, watched, like, watch uh, like Fantasy High was their first one. The thing that I really liked about it, and, not, and I'm not just trying to shit on Critical Role because Critical Role is good. It's just not necessarily for me in their format. It was a lot more polished. It's shorter. The some campaigns get a little bit longer, but their first campaign, almost every episode was an hour. Um it's all comedy improv. Um people on the panel, so it was a little bit more comedic. They pared down combat a little bit, not 100%. You still get a lot of cool like d d combat in it. Um but it's, it's a little edited. Exactly. That's what i was going to mm-hmm. say next. Yeah, it's it's edited down so they they keep out a lot of the stuff that would normally slow down a game or make it feel more natural. It feels much more like a product at least in that first season. Okay. Season 2 was done live, so it was a little bit more like Critical Role. Still shorter episodes but uh and also it has some of the best miniatures ever created so
0: um
1: <laughs> so i highly recommend fantasy high uh season one which i think it's is available great. for free you don't even need dropout i think you can watch yeah, it all on, on youtube that's the
0: only one i've seen still because it's the only one
1: <laughs> i sent you my guy. God- speaking of, of I, talking about yeah. sharing stuff i sent you my login credentials and lissa i will do the same for you because um i i don't I, no one else in my household watches dropout so it's not like we're to the about screens <laughs> but uh or pay for it because it's totally worth it um but yeah so i do recommend that one and uh on to something that's not nearly as cool let's talk about DD's continued terrible horrible no good very bad day um they are canceling video games left and right <laughs> um they announced that they, that they had five video games canceled basically oh, um no. yeah right right like that's uh it's crazy and this is coming like just like almost i would say it's pretty recently in the wake of them saying hey yeah. we're doubling down on video games guys they're gonna put some shit out
0: it's um, so weird yeah i feel like we just talked about that at the beginning of cave trolls
1: yes we, we had totally an did
0: actual article saying oh my god they're putting more funding and lissa and i are really excited because we knew that Larian games was doing baldur's gate we're like are they gonna have Larian?
1: And they didn't, yes, exactly. And just for the record, before we, (laughs) I don't want to scare anybody, they're not canceling Baldur's game. They're
0: not canceling Baldur, thank fucking God.
1: (laughs) So, um, this comes from Jason Trier over on Bloomberg. Um, this is, uh, reportedly scaling back its ambitions in the industry. Wizards of the Coast is still committed to using digital games, as spokesperson mm. said. Um, but, uh, fewer than 15 people at Wizards of the Coast will lose their jobs due to the shift and will be given a chance to apply for new roles within the company, but they are canceling up to five games. Uh, so so speaking of this this is a little bit interesting i gotta find the full sources so i can quote them but one of the game companies that like their game was suffering of being canceled they apparently didn't get the news or they're gonna continue on themselves what? and they came forward and were like hey we're not canceling this um, and jason's trier went back and forth with them on twitter and was like hey listen i don't want to be that guy i don't know who you are you clearly work for them or think you do but uh this has come down from not just my sources but also wizards um saying this so it was a little case of like they didn't hear yet and they heard through this yeah which like really really sucks
0: sucks so bad like hearing like you're out of a job through the grapevine and not actually like
1: and being the one who has to defend it
0: like hey this isn't true
1: because sometimes that's how it happens like the amount of times i've been in corporate stuff and they were like basically hey continue as nothing has happened yet because so and so doesn't know their Mm -hmm. team's not going to find out till thursday and i'm like what the fuck does that mean why Mm -hmm. and it's just like for tons of reasons and it's stupid and that really sucks um Mm -hmm. but it like but on like from the sad news when you think about like well baller's gate is still happening people are very excited i've played it in early access lots of people are really into it um part of their big foray into video games was their big Icewind dale game that they released dark alliance um, which was received poorly, but uh, I was very excited for it coming out. Like, <laughs> um, and I would it say it's cool. not, yeah, it totally looks cool, and there's some fun to be had. It's not the worst game I've ever played. It's not great. I would say if you're not a gigantic fan of D and D or like you know like beat 'em ups, don't play yeah. it. But if you are a fan of those two things, it still surfaced it. Like, I, I, I had a good time. When I played with friends. I played as Dritz. They played as um. Oh, I forget the dwarf's name from uh, the crystal shard. <laughs> um, but one uh, of them he's
0: is the only one that matters.
1: Obviously. Yeah, the heroes of Mithril Hall, um, Wolfguard, the barbarian. Like, th- there's some cool stuff to, to be had in the game, and it follows yeah. some of the storyline there. So, like, that was neat. This wasn't a great game, and people yeah. weren't convinced that it was. Like, it didn't pick up steam. So, it's not a surprise they're like, "Hey, our video games, video games take a long time and cost a lot of money. So maybe let's Especially not make nine. Want-
0: especially if you want to make them well too yeah, and, also, right. and like different genres of games need different kinds of resources mm-hmm. so it's like mm-hmm. i think that dnd is such a good fit for like a larian type game i think that's a match made to yeah. happen after Larian games i think that if they have a future video games that is where the sweet spot is I hope because I've heard nothing but good things about Baldur's Gate and early release I haven't been able to play it and that's the biggest tragedy in my life I want to play it so bad but my computer is not good enough to do that right now so I think hopefully this is maybe a blessing in disguise it sucks for a lot of people who have lost their jobs. yeah it sucks for those studios
1: that were it it seemed like mostly formed or at least contracted specifically just to do these D&D games I (laughs) think that's like that's fucked man
0: that's fucked off. That's that's fucked. It's fucking awful. And but hopefully maybe there's a tiny sliver of a silver lining in that
1: we won't that get some bad in- D D games.
0: <laughs> that we won't get yeah, that we because that was a lot of DD games. Like when that was announced, I'm just like even in the back of my head, I'm like, well, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's like, I mm-hmm. mean, a lot. Yeah. It's, so like they were stretching their cells thin. So maybe this will allow them to put more resources into their like video game, you know, division to make really good games like hopefully Baldur's Gate will be and maybe a couple of others yeah so the
1: scattershot approach
0: it's instead of just like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks really sticking with one that people are super excited about seeing how that does and trying to continue doing that specific thing but let's say you were gonna say something so go ahead
2: (laughs) yeah I was just gonna say like after reading about how Wizards of the Coast um, did their whole expansion back in history of trying to get into the comic book uh, (laughs) and doing, doing like the cartoons and the movies and like going to Hollywood and trying to do like all of these same things at the same time and just like I'm glad that the company is finally realizing that, you know, like, you make smart decisions so (laughs) you don't do what TSR did and, like, completely fail um, financially and, like, if, if it means that they were being optimistic and they, you know, were signing up to make five video games, but, like, in the long run, it would be worse if the company started making these video games and then they realized, oh, no, we're not making money. Like we're gonna have to backtrack and then they had put all of this effort into it, and then midway in the project they would have to like stop making it. It's better to like let them know now.
1: But the thing before. is this is midway. Like well, this, yeah, I don't you know, know
2: how how much they've done put efforts into About it. About like, five
1: years. <laughs> years. Some of these games should like would be close to releasing is the thing.
2: No, then that's yeah. Ugh
1: yeah that that's the thing is like what you're saying is like that would have been true a few years ago and it's really interesting because i don't know about about you two but leading into 2023 in my head, before all this crazy stuff, I was like, oh, DD's poised to go full mainstream. They got the movie coming out, which is our yeah. next story. Baldur's Gate's gonna be a huge hit with more than just DD fans. Like sure. it like and they're they're they bought DD Beyond. Like they're about to take yeah. this. this is gonna be the thing. And now we're watching it crumble around us because leading up to our next story, mm. the movie's still coming out. And it's gonna probably be pretty good, but I I think they lost all of the goodwill with the community leading up to this with all of these decisions. Like that's why, you know, I titled it what I did. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Do you think the the movie's gonna save it all? They're gonna think it's gonna fix it?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) No. At least not with like D&D fans who play the game on a regular basis who are up on the news who are kind of plugged into everything mm-hmm. like there's always going to be like after this I mean if you didn't already have a sour taste in your mouth because of you know D&D capitalism and all the stuff that's been happening the last couple of years you definitely do now and so I don't think this is necessarily going to go away super easily but it will bring more people into D&D of that I have no doubt people who have never played d and a day in their life I am calling it I've wanted to get friends that I have to play D&D for years, and they are super big fantasy people, they love, like, all of that vibe, they love action movies or what have you, I'm calling it, as soon as they see this movie, I'm getting a text message to be like, so remember that time when you said you wanted to play D&D? Like I feel like a lot of people are gonna like mainstream people are gonna be more interested in like is d and d gonna be like the movie? Kind of like how people when critical role got big, like, oh, is d and d gonna be like critical role?
2: Mm-hmm. And that's not
0: gonna be a bad thing overall. It's gonna get more people to play the game and have a great time and discover this amazing hobby. But you know, it's I think that's for mainstream people, it'll bring a lot more people in, but for people who are more plugged in, it's not gonna fix any the The anything. problem so, is is
1: like there's no more synergy, you know, right? So, go ahead, Melissa. Yeah.
2: but there's also the fact that i've I've seen this on Twitter. There was a post um shared by someone who spotted like a Reddit post where mm-hmm. they were discussing how because um Hasbro is putting all of this money into making D&D into this big thing
0: mm-hmm.
2: and now, because you know this people started canceling subscriptions, you know in result of because of their decisions and everything. Now they're saying that the thing that is making the most money for Wizards of the Coast slash Hasbro is the movie that's coming up.
1: Yes, so that was, I was gonna reference if, that next. Yeah. yeah.
2: So if people are still going to be mad about the OGL or about how Wizards is being run and what Wizards is doing, the way that you would hurt Hasbro slash Wizards of the Coast, is not seen you the know, movie. and the consequences of their actions is you would you would hit you know the movie you would not Mm -hmm. attend the movie and you would basically boycott the movie because that is supposedly the thing that is the next thing big thing that will make them a lot of money
1: yeah, and, and hurt their walls otherwise. And what's interesting yeah. is like like I said, like they lost the synergy recently because all of this they were poised to have such a good year and it was gonna work. Mm-hmm. But now yeah. what's gonna happen, it reminds me a lot of like what TSR did before and like what also like what happens with comic books sometimes, right? Is you have people excited, they've seen this movie for this other property, and they go into the store that sells the other products and they go, Hey, I was really excited about X Thing. What else should I check out? Like, you know, along those lines or mm-hmm. is there a book about it? Is there a game? And they're going to yeah. go into a store. They're going to go into a hobby shop and be like, "Hey, I loved the D&D movie. What should I play?" And there are going to be people that don't hand them a D&D book now. Mm-hmm. There're going to be people going, "Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Um, here, check out Gurps. Uh, here, check out the the, you know, whatever game. Here's Paizo. You know, <laughs> like they're going to not mm-hmm. they're going to go, "No, nah, D&D kind of sucks now. Check out this game." And those people are a probably not going to play uh ttrpg now and b probably not gonna if they do they're not going to play D D. there's still going to be tons that do it's by no means going to be a prophecy uh, of that sort but it, there is going to yeah. be a lot of people that that creates that weird conversation instead of just the easy synergy of oh hell yeah you like the movie B too i love DD. check out the fifth edition book and that's still going to happen but it's going to happen way less often because of all of this Mm -hmm. and it's like they're trying to save face and they should be because we're also a large portion of audience gonna go see the movie other people are like us uh the entire DD community boycotting would not stop the movie from being successful but it's definitely gonna hurt and i i'm probably still gonna go see the movie because i'm excited about the movie and everybody going into it but um it is interesting that i know a lot of people aren't um who were super excited going forward so it's just it's interesting to see the synergy that they had set up just straight up failing um and also i actually i forgot i had one more story under bits and bobs um free league publishing is doing their own open gaming license unrelated to the orc um and if you don't know free league they publish tales from the loop they publish the one ring um the blade runner rpg um i think the aliens rpg as well um and they're putting out their own um they already do their own system so they can't really announce another system to do but if you don't know the year zero they do tales from the loop walking dead they just got announced and a couple other games um uh things from the flood it's one of my favorite systems ever and they're gonna do their own open gaming license which is really cool because they have different systems it's not just other d20 stuff they have their own stuff going on so that'll be exciting um plus like the one ring kind of like craves it because that world is so middle earth is a big fucking place um mm-hmm. you need some fan content to fill it in uh but yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but I forgot to mention that so I want to throw that out there. So that about does it for the actual news. Let's wrap this up with one more thing. Um Sharday, what's some BS you got going on these days?
0: Oh man. Where do I start? Everything. Um <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what am I doing? I am playing a game called Kinseed basically every day. <laughs> <laughs> Kinseed's still in early
1: access on Steam.
0: It is not. No, it's. I didn't even hear about it when it was fully released now. So it's it's fully released now. But they are the devs are very um, on top of still expanding the game. They have a lot of stuff planned, a lot of free updates planned, as well as patch fixes. So I pitch it. If people don't know what Kinsey is, I pitch it as kind of like Stardew Valley meets Fable because it's made by ex Fable devs. Mm -hmm. So if you like the humor of Fable, and you like kind of like the chiller atmosphere of Stardew, then I recommend checking it out, but unfortunately it's only on PC right now, but I think they do have plans to put it on other platforms, but I've been enjoying that. It's been a nice wind-down game. Like, I try to make time for it at the end of the day. Like, after doing all of my work, I just kind of boot it up and just kind of disappear into my farm and my family. My virtual family. (laughs) (laughs) Not my real family. Fuck those guys. My yeah, fuck them. Family but... is, what ma- <laughs> is what matters to me. Um, <laughs> but that's basically what I've been mostly doing this new year is just playing. Oh, I finished, I, pil- I finished Pillars of Eternity 2. So I went straight from Pillars of Eternity 2 to Concede because Pillars of Eternity 2 was stressful. <laughs> part, especially towards the end. It's a huge game, and I just got overwhelmed with the amount of stuff I had to do. So I literally skipped a DLC. Which i never do because i just like i just want to get to like the end game i don't want to do any more side quests i just want to find out how the story ends <laughs> so i get I that, that. Um, i've never done before with a game i usually want to play everything but um i'm probably gonna go back and play the dlc eventually but i just wanted to know how the story ended and it was very good i do recommend it if people want to play it and then i got like into a deep hole of, like when's the next pillars of eternity game? <laughs> And then apparently that's a kind of controversial topic.
1: Yeah, yeah, they got some shit going We might need to, like, make some time to talk about that, because, I mean, also related to, you know, the TTRPG space, um... Um, we need to talk more about Steve Jackson games anyways, uh, when it comes to the TTRPG space, go play GURPS since D&D's dying. Um, it's amazing. Fourth edition is amazing. I love it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Also one of the first RPGs I ever played other than D&D. So Mm -hmm. hold the special. I'll play smart. Those books look like shit though. I'm not going to lie. You're going to open up that book and be like, this looks like a bad textbook. Yeah. You open like the way that like, like behind it cuz like there's no money put into the way that the book is formatted really like it's just like purely awesome rules oh, no. for awesome oh, stuff no, so this is
0: hard. I, I know hard <laughs>
1: You'd be really disappointed if you open up that book when it comes to how much we love the artwork inside of these. And uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about, like, hey, with d and check out GURPS. Or uh, the conversation of being around, like, what would right. you do with GURPS for a fifth edition? And it's like, honestly, the rules are perfect. Make it look better. Lay it out better. Make it friendlier. Because if you hand somebody that book, it's scary like it is like i've had so many people be like oh i don't want to play like i've handed them a GERPS book and they're like what the fuck is this hell no i'm not playing that but it's like the easiest game ever like you roll 3d6 and you roll under your set like it's so simple but you look at that book and it's like a f- tome of text um that is, is it has a rule for everything too so which is cool unless you're trying to learn how to play the fucking game
0: <laughs> right <yeah. laughs>
1: um, it is not it is not an easy read at first glance and there's not a lot of cool stuff to look at the cool stuff is in your mind um, and that's hard to <laughs> sell sometimes um, and Steve Jackson has that for a lot of his games but mm-hmm. one of the things that attracts people to GURPS is how simple and bare bones it is um, when it comes to the rule set and that's why it can be expanded so much but that's not not an easy way to get somebody to go, oh, this game is neat. You know? Like, that game has a dragon on the cover. (laughs) Uh, So there is a little bit of that. Um, Lissa, what about you? What's the BS you're doing these days?
2: I haven't really played anything. Um, I am currently still working through um, Rings of Power. Yeah.
1: um, I I didn't like it, but but I'm glad that it's it's a thing.
2: My my favorite... um, I mean, there's multiple stories going on at the same time. My favorite is the dwarf and the elf story, and their one hundred percent and their bromance is beautiful. Chef's kiss. That's um, probably the best, best part of
1: the show, in my opinion. That in the fight scene with Galadriel at the beginning.
2: Yeah, yeah, also that, yeah. Um. Then I recently watched or finished, rather. I thought I would never finish the because I sort of started watching last year. Uh, Wednesday, the TV show on Netflix.
1: Okay, okay. What's and your then thoughts I got, on Wednesday? Like,
2: and I got um, halfway through, stopped watching, told Charday it was
0: shit, and I could <laughs> not watch it. I told um, her, here's the thing, I told her it was shit before she watched it, because she asked for my honest opinions, and I gave them. And, and, and she ta- said, heard
1: us talk about is? it on the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, and watch it if you want, but, and then she watched
2: it. <laughs> I mean, I watched half of it, and then I said right. I watched it again, then yesterday I got bored, this is literally yesterday, um yesterday i said i uh i got bored and then i just like put it on in the background and i was like okay i'm just gonna trudge through this (laughs) (laughs) i figured out like i figured out the bits and pieces that i hated about the show and once i did that i was just like can i like just watch it without that yeah
1: just appreciate like the parts (laughs) that are okay like honestly jenny ortega as wednesday is perfect everything else i thought was junk (laughs) but <laughs> and just like a waste of like the ip a little bit but like you know if people like it good for them it's not my adam's family but it doesn't have to be right i'm fucking 30.
2: yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's, it's a remake in the good and the bad of it yeah and it's like a modern remake specifically and people who are older who know what the story and what the characters you know like they have an image of or like a feeling of what they should be Mm -hmm, getting mm -hmm. from the show and when you don't get that that's it's just gonna be disappointing
1: right and that, like, like that's the thing that I always talk about where like people get mad whenever anything's being remade or rebooted I'm like well no like mm-hmm. that's not necessarily true it can be good and even if it's not it doesn't ruin your childhood like I I, I watched a lot of like the original TV show I, I never really read the comic strip but I was a big fan of like the original black and white one um because my grandma watched it a lot and I'm not a gigantic fan of it now but like I did watch a lot of it growing up but I really loved Adams family and Adams family values in the 90s those movies that was was like a staple in my household but because i don't like wednesday doesn't take those away from me you know like people who throw yeah, a fit are like it ruined right my right childhood we're like well you're dumb then you know like,
2: yeah, like <laughs> I, I used to go to school and like whenever anyone would uh you know play or sing or you know reference that did it a day like that was like an iconic thing like you would go anywhere and you know you know to snap at That, and, you know, I would sing, like, the theme tune at school with my friends, like, because it was iconic. And, you know, I mean, the show was okay if you, like, if you take it away from what it's referencing. Like, you forget that it's, like, The Adams Family, and you take it, like, as it is what it is. Like, it's it's fine.
1: I thought it was, like, a quirky, like, YA novel. Like, with the whole, like, all the different factions in the high school, like
2: it was clearly made for like maybe like a younger audience than I am Sure. and it was clearly like you know this about Wednesday and like teenagers and teenage angst and they sort of put that in but like I just I, I could not deal with like the family dynamic the family dynamic and all the bits about where she was interacting with her family and how they were portraying the family just got like if if they had put none of the family and it was just about her going to school and dealing with that I would have been like Okay. I think they would have made a
1: her a different character as part of the issue, because, like, the whole... like yeah. They took what worked for Wednesday, for me, in my opinion, and, like, we are like, see, she's not special. I'm like, well, th- what the fuck is it? The whole point is that she's the interesting one. You put her in school, and now everyone has superpowers. Yeah, I'm like no.
0: Why does this... Same, yeah, playing field. Why so, does this
1: have to trying... be, like, Adam's family at all? It's classic Tim Burton mm-hmm. liking the aesthetic of something but not understanding yeah. the story of it. It's... Yeah. It's such a common thing with so many of his stuff. Not even just his adaptations, but a lot of his media... At least in the last like couple decades, but but the, listen, we can say that we're old and we don't like the thing that the kids like all day. But uh, they already know that about us. You doing anything other than watching Wednesday?
2: Uh, no, just Wednesday. <laughs> no, um, I'm trying to read books. I'm trying to do. You reading of anything stuff. good? Uh, I'm reading through Carmilla.
1: Okay, yeah, that that's good. That's a classic.
2: They the teach that in c- in
1: college. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm they don't teach you, you get what i'm saying they analyze it um, um the only reason why i know that is because that's where i read it um not that i wouldn't have anyways i'm interesting um <laughs> there's, right totally there's so many like classic pieces of literature that i would have never read if i wasn't graded on it <laughs> it's just like not my thing but uh but because i was graded on it i read it and i appreciate it for what it is um, I am doing lots of 90s things. Me and my family are really into yo-yos right now. Learning lots of new yo-yo tricks. It's been a lot of fun. So random. Um, we've been building a lot of, uh, Mecha Gunpla, which if you don't know, it's like model kits, but robots. So, Ooh. um, like Gundams and things like that. My entire household's in on it. My, uh, my two kids, five and six, they just built Pokemon ones. Uh, my son built an Eevee my daughter built a Jigglypuff. And then uh, my son also helped me build a War Greymon from Digimon. Me and my wife are uh, mm. building a Bielzamon, which these are just words of Digimon and Pokemon. If you don't know, <laughs>
2: yeah, um, I'm but it, but it.
1: for those who know, that's pretty cool. Uh, I, know <laughs> some, a, I
2: know some of these words.
1: Right, and we did a Metal Garurumon. I built a couple of different Gundam. They come in different grades, so like you can do a high grade, which is like a six inch action figure. Um, it's like hundred and forty fourth scale. So, a uh, little, little six-inch action figure version of, of a big Gundam giant robot. Um, that's, like, the easiest ones to do. And then you can go up. I just built a Master Grade, which is, like, a 12-inch action figure. And they take a long time. Like, that one took me, like, four hours to do. Um, The other ones take, like, 20 minutes sometimes. And then you can work your way up. I'm building the Zoid, which is just another 90s thing. Big robot, but except for it's, like, a tiger. Um. <laughs> And I'm building that one. That's going to take me probably about, like, 20 hours to do. So look out for that. I'll put some pictures up um, because I know everyone's very interested in me building Gundams. I also have a few comic books coming out, and I've been pitching those to publishers. So I've been, like, actually working and doing that stuff. So I've been kind of busy. Like, comic books is such, like like, a weird, like, portion of a job. Like, I have to read a lot of comic books for it. I have to write a lot about, like, crazy fantasy things and then i send it to somebody who makes it good you know they make the art for me um and then i like they always like do you need notes like what do you think of this should i change that and so much of it is like nah that looks rad man go on to the next page (laughs) Like, (laughs) like there's so much uh um silly stuff where they're like oh what do you think of this one i'm like i don't know i can't even draw a stick figure man that looks fucking rad uh keep going draw another one please uh thank you and so that's a lot of what I've been doing and then trying to sleep again. Don't do a lot of that these days. So, mm. yeah. Oh, also watch station 11. If you like post-apocalyptic stuff like the road or the last of us, uh, station 11, awesome show on HBO adapted from an awesome book called station 11 as well. Um, it's basically, it's like the road. If it also followed a the uh, like a Shakespearean theater troupe in the apocalypse, so instead of, like, everybody trying to murder each other for supplies, there's some of that, don't worry. But also, there's just a group that performs Shakespearean plays around the Great Lakes. And oh. it's it's one of the most optimistic and heartwarming, like, post-apocalyptic, uh, post-apocalyptic tales I've ever read. But it also has all the other cool stuff you like, you know, like, people, like, you know, murdering each other and there's different factions and society has ended and all that stuff. <laughs> But there's also a really heartwarming tale at the center of it, which is not something you get often in those kinds of, uh, you know, end of the world stories. So I highly recommend that. And then The Last of Us, also, if you just want the bleak stuff, um, that's now out mm. on HBO. Watch the first episode of that. It was great.
0: I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited to.
1: Totally check it out. It was really, really good. Very faithful to the game in really good ways. But I, I do okay. highly recommend Station Eleven. Um, I I cried for basically 10 hours straight.
2: <laughs> oh no that but like in a good ways though it. like i do i mean i
1: cry a lot anyways right like it's not surprising but it's a very moving story in so many really cool ways and uh like i, I don't want to spoil anything but just to pitch you on it the opening um thing when they get to like the future because it shows a lot of like how it happens too like like mm-hmm. how the world ends uh it's around uh, a flu um but when they get to the future and you see somebody auditioning for the shakespearean troop um because not everybody knows shakespeare right that's just not a thing and the apocalypse mm-hmm. happened you wouldn't just be able to do it so they audition with movies that they know sometimes um and he does the monologue from independence day the the speech that the president gives to everybody when before uh-huh. they're about to go fight the aliens uh-huh. And it's it's not like it's a really moving thing if you watch that movie. That movie's not great, but it's very nostalgic to like people in the '90s. But you hear this guy do this the the opening monologue from from Independence Day because <laughs> what else are you gonna do? And uh, it moved me to tears. So yeah, go Aww. check out Station Eleven, you cowards. And that's it. So uh, where can the people find you, Charday, on the internet?
0: I am the best host of the Slovenly Trolls podcast. Lies. Where we- Analyze D and D, even though it's—I mean, it's been problematic for a while, and now it still is. So, what's really changed, honestly? Um, But we look at like the lore and the history of D and D, not so much the present. Um, sorry, looking for that—that's this podcast. Yeah. Um, and I run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter at Slovenly Trolls.
1: And Lisa, where can the people find you other than the Slovenly Trolls podcast?
2: Uh, they may know me from the Slovenly Trolls podcast, uh, where I am the entertainment and the funny <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. Sure. Bringing
1: the noise, bringing the funk, as they uh-huh. say. Um,
2: uh, I am on Twitter. You may or may not find me if you so wish to go find me. <laughs> I'm on Instagram as the Slovenly Trolls. I run the Instagram, and I run the Cave Trolls Twitter.
1: The Cave Trolls Twitter at Cave Trolls. Right? Just at Cave
2: Trolls? Yes. Cave Trolls Pod? Pod. At
1: Cave Trolls Trolls. Pod. Uh, We know Uh, our Twitter.
0: nothing to do with the
1: twitter and i knew that <laughs> so yeah so you can check out this podcast on twitter lissa runs it uh, at cave trolls pod you can also email us at can't be kill creations at gmail.com if you want to extra support us you can head on over to patreon.com slash can't be kill creations drop a buck or two you get early content bonus content lots of cool stuff over there including char's lore rewrites to make dnd just a little less problematic and now um, uh, we just uh we make new stuff for unnamed games uh yeah, um,
0: yeah, nothing to do yeah. with the and d
1: But it's compatible with your favorite large capitalistic game. Um, <laughs> so check that out. Uh, uh, what's the lore rewrite coming this month?
0: This month is... Uh, her name rhymes with bar Barres. bar uh. <laughs> But I'm renaming her slash him slash they slash you don't know you don't know we're Lash doing D&D stuff related that's for sure
1: and last yeah. month we did oral you had a lore read yeah. over there um so mm-hmm. check that out over on our patreon you can also find lots of other co- cool content at our website can look out for some shakeups and news going soon for that stuff i guess um <laughs> but uh that's where we are you can find me at resident Stevil on twitter sometimes you can check out my comic books wherever comic books are sold and um you can find it in your heart to uh listen to this every week and give us a five-star rating on itunes <laughs> or wherever else you listen to it because we're amazing right thank you and if you don't like me at least support these two because they're wonderful right so do that oh,
0: that's the nicest thing you ever said well
1: just trust me i'm just riding your coattails don't worry about it it's just uh, it's all <laughs> it's all marketing speak actually the higher-ups did just, just say we need to monetize we need to give everyone thirty dollars yeah, a month to
0: really <laughs> We need, to
2: capitalize, we need to capitalize on
0: this podcast.
2: <laughs> don't
1: say that we're, one. Guys, we're really under-monetized on here. Uh, <laughs> let's, make a, let's
2: make a movie or a cartoon
1: or maybe no. Oh, man, that would be the worst cartoon ever. <laughs> Just be me crying, watching old man stuff, packing lunches for my children, and you two going, should we find somebody else to do this with? I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyways, this has been the Cave Trolls, and we're out okay now comes that special time of the podcast where we get to thank our patreon producers you keep the lights on you keep the mics rolling and really you make it possible to do all of this we want to give a special shout out thank you to the lorax who gets two special shout outs because i also thank you for speaking for the trees we also have jeremy raymond raymond thank you trellbot the highlander thank you so much for being our first one and only and then now in a group of four but still thank you for being a patreon producer and finally kim winston thank you so much for being our patreon producers we appreciate you and we owe everything we do to people like you um i was trying to sound like the pbs thing you know paid for by viewers like you I don't think I can quite pull it off. I haven't been watching enough Sesame Street lately, so that's what I'm gonna go work on now.